0: How's it going, Ace fans? And welcome to episode 112 of the Locked On Ace podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke. And on today's show, the Ace took two or three from the Halos. Sean Murphy has been sneaky good. And in the second segment, I'll get you guys updated on the AL West standings and West Watch and some of the fireworks that happened in San Diego between the Astros and Padres. Uh, there was fireworks on the field and uh, maybe some some pitch throwing. So, yeah, there's some. Interesting stuff there. Uh, they didn't show a lot of it on TV, so speculation, but we are an anti-Astros podcast, so we're going to go with... Uh, they, they did it on purpose. Um, anyways, before I get into everything from the weekend, uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions for us, please feel free to email them to us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So... After the weekend, the A's sit at twenty and nine. They have the best record in the American League, second best record in baseball behind the Dodgers, who are twenty-two and eight. The A's have a plus thirty-three run differential, the second best in the American League behind the Twins, who have a plus forty. The good news in the weekend was obviously uh, yesterday's game, which Sunday's game with Frankie Montas and Dylan Bundy and all that stuff. uh, I said that it would be an interesting matchup because we need to see if Frankie Montas, you know, can recover from his terrible start in uh, Arizona, so uh, he showed that he was a little bit better. Not quite back to Frank, being Frankie Montas there, but uh, I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. And the A's had to get to Dylan Bundy. That It's their third time facing him in a month. They had to get to him. They kind of did. Heading into the game, Dylan Bundy had gone 13 and two-thirds innings pitched against the A's this season. He had given up seven hits, walked one, and given up one earned run while striking out 17. He had been ab- absolutely dominant. There are no other words to say that uh, he had been dominant and was no fun For uh, A's fans, and I'm sure the A's bats alike, but on Sunday, Dylan Bundy went just five and two-thirds innings. He gave up four runs total. Uh, Only two of those were earned after a Joe Adele misplay to start the game. He gave up seven hits, uh, a walk, and six strikeouts. So, in other words, they scored more runs, got as many hits, and struck out at a lower rate than they had in the two previous meetings. It's progress. I'm not going to say that it was great, but it was progress. And the other key that I wanted to watch out for was how Frankie Montas would bounce back. Was he great? Not necessarily, but he went four and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up seven hits, four and runs. Three of those came on the Otani homer, so it was that big one pitch that uh, I'm sure he would love back. Uh, He gave up three walks and five strikeouts, so he's by no means back by... Any stretch of the imagination there. And we should probably be a little bit concerned. Um, and I mean, maybe he'll show out in his next start in Houston on Friday. Uh, as long as they keep with the rotation, I think that that's his next start. So that should be interesting. It'll probably be him and Granky, so that'll be a good time. Um, but, you know, as always, we got to keep, keep an eye on that pitch count because that's when he started really turning the corner there for a couple of starts when he just started limiting the walks. So if he can start limiting the walks again, I think that'll be okay. And by limiting the walks that just means that he has more pitches to work with and he can go deeper into games. And then that's what we need to see from Frankie Montes to make sure that he's going to be okay for a big playoff run, which we're hoping for here. Um, the, the big, the big pitch was the Otani three-run homer. If you take that out of the, and I'm not saying take it out of the equation or anything, but you take that out, all of a sudden he had a really good start, and he went, you know, four and two-thirds and gave up one run and whatnot. So, uh, you know, that that would have been a big difference in how we viewed his start and where he is moving forward. So, uh, he's still a work in progress as far as I'm concerned. So, we'll see how he does on Friday against Houston. Uh, that, that should be a fun one. So, it'll be like Sunday. It'll be like, hey, Frankie Montas, watch. And also, they're facing Zach Greinke. so... And also they're the Astros, so it'll it'll be a must-watch series uh, overall. But this will be the game that it will be a lot of fun because if they can take this game again, then they've won four straight against the Astros this season, and uh, go on from there. So on Friday, I introduced the hardest hit ball uh, segment, I guess we'll call it, and. Basically, I'm just going to go through, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the hardest hit ball from each day from an Oakland A's player. And I'll just start off with Sunday because, you know, it's the most recent day. Uh, and you know, if I go with Friday, then it leads me into what I actually wanted to talk about. So, hey, transitions, that's how they're done. Um, so Sunday's hardest hit ball was a Stephen Piscotti RBI single in the sixth inning. He hit it at 103.7 miles per hour. It was hit at an 11 degree launch angle. So, you know, he wants it probably about 10 degrees higher, and then it would travel further than a single. But, uh, uh, the expected batting average on that one was 900, so maybe he's doing something right on that one. So good job to Stephen Biscotti. He gets uh, Sunday's award. Saturday's award goes to Matt Chapman. Of course, you know, you hit a dinger, and that kind of helps your case a little bit, but Matt Chapman hit one 107.9 miles per hour off the bat, and that was his home run in the fourth inning of Saturday's game, and uh, for the weekend, Matt Chapman had six hard-hit balls, and hard-hit balls are 95 miles an hour or above, so he was crushing the ball, and not all these were hits either. He was just crushing the ball all weekend. He had a pretty decent weekend. I- I'll give him that, but uh, what I really want to talk about was Friday's hard-hit ball leader, and uh, Sean Murphy led the way on Friday, and for the weekend overall, with this one ball that he hit 109.5 miles an hour, and it was a line-out. It had an expected batting average of 780. And this is kind of why I wanted to bring up the whole hardest hit ball of the night uh, concept, is because sometimes you hit the start of the ball and it's just right to somebody. And if you keep seeing a guy like uh, Chris Davis, just because uh, everybody seems to be down on him, generally. But uh, if he keeps hitting the hardest ball of the night, then you know, maybe you're like, hey, something's going on here. Like uh, Matt Olsen keeps hitting the ball pretty hard, but they're shifting them. And I think that shift should be banned now. So not really, but you know, it, it's not helping his batting average, but he's still driving in runs and hitting dingers. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, back to Sean Murphy here. Um, so because he led the Knights, I, I did some looking at baseball Savant, and Sean Murphy ranks in the top 9% of the league in exit velocity. And this is just average exit velocity for all of his exit velocities. And uh, it's at 93.2 miles per hour, and that is just one tenth of a mile per hour behind Mike Trout's average. So he's hitting the ball as hard as Mike Trout on average. Obviously, that's good company to be keeping. But if we continue here, uh, he's also in the top one percent of the league in hard hit percentage at 63.2, and that is just uh, how often he gets a hard hit ball, or you know, 95 miles an hour or above. And While it's true that he's in the top 1% of the league, according to Baseball Savant, he's actually second in baseball. So he's in the top 2. Not 1%. He's in the top 2. And uh, he is trailing Fernando Tatis Jr. So in average exit velocity, he is trailing the best player in baseball. And in hard-hit percentage, he is trailing the most exciting player in baseball. So, uh, you know, hey, that's kind of fun, I guess. My, st- <laughs> Sean Murphy's doing fine. Did you guys know that he was that good? That he was hitting the snot of the ball, like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Mike Trout? There are no Sean Murphy highlights that we ever get to see, and he's not really talked up that much, but, you know, here we go. Sean Murphy for MVP. He's the guy. Uh, trade for him in your fantasy leagues right? like, right now. And just for good measure. Murphy's walk rate of 17.6 ranks in the top 5% of the league. So, you know, hey, Sean Murphy's just doing it all. Uh, he also plays really good defense, just watching him pick balls that he has no business blocking, just with his glove. I don't know if his form's great, but uh, he he gets the job done. So I I like that. I don't have to like worry about him. Like uh, Gary Sanchez has that whole thing where he's gotten better at defense, but Yankees fans hated watching him catch because there was always all these pass balls. I don't, have that worry with Sean Murphy I'm just like yeah he's fine and if something gets by him I'll be like wait what kind of like when uh, Matt Chapman makes an error or something like that you're not used to seeing it so Sean Murphy's doing a great job and uh, I came to this realization on Friday and during Sunday's game when the uh, score was tied and it looked like it might head to extras I was like hey who's gonna play the hero and people were sending in their things and then Sean Murphy got up and I was like oh if he hit I I actually tweeted out, if, if he gets the hit right here, that's going to work really well for the podcast I have planned tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow is now today. And he didn't get the hit, but hey, I wanted to talk about him anyway. So good job, Sean Murphy. Keep it going. Uh, in just a minute, I'm going to keep going with the West Watch here, and uh, we'll get you guys updated on all of the fireworks that happened in Slam Diego. Also, there's Slam Diego now. Remember that? that They, they did that again. So Slam Diego. So uh, stay tuned. We are brought to you today by RockAuto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need with a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write the code LOCKED ON in their How Did You Hear About Us box and let them know that we sent you. That is code LOCKED ON, two words LOCKED ON. Let them know that we sent you in their little box, LOCKED ON at rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, we are back. Please follow us on social media at Locked on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And you can email us any questions that you have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into the West Watch. Uh, the Texas Rangers have not won a game since Unwritten Rules Gate, dropping all three games against the Mariners in Seattle, which is just silly. Uh, remember the Mariners and how they were supposed to be bad? Well, they still are, and the Rangers are losing to them. So good, good job on them. The writing for this series seemed to be on the wall on Friday in the bottom of the first with Rangers starter Colby Allard giving up four earned runs on five hits and two walks in just two-thirds of an inning, so Rangers had to dip into their bullpen didn't go well and uh yeah it just kind of snowballed from there for the rest of the weekend Texas managed six runs total against Mariner pitching including just one run each on Saturday and Sunday as Sheffield worked his way out of trouble on Saturday giving up one run on six hits so you know he, he did an okay job uh he got his second win of the season and then on Sunday Justin Dunn who the last time we mentioned uh Here on Westwatch, he was collecting his first big league win, uh, while on Sunday, he went six innings pitch, gave up one hit, didn't allow a run, gave up a walk, and he struck out six. You got a second one, So Justin Dunn just keeps getting it done. And quick side note, if the Mariners pitchers are going to be anything like this anytime soon, that's going to be trouble for the rest of the AL West because uh, they got some decent young arms. They got Logan Gilbert still in the minor leagues. Uh, they just drafted a kid uh, in the 2020 draft. He's probably still a few years away, but, you know, still, they've got some talent on the mound and we've already seen what they can do with the bats. So uh, they got rid of Daniel Vogelbach, uh, Babe Vogelbach, but uh, he, they traded him over to uh, the Blue Jays after they DFA'd him, so he's uh, not somebody that they got to worry about anymore, but he wasn't hitting that well anyway, so he can crush the ball. Not great. Anyways, Kyle Lewis is the guy that you want to watch out for. Kyle Seeger's still uh, the killer Kyles. They're, they're crushing the ball still, and uh, they, they got some young talent still in the minor leagues. Uh, for my money, I really like Julio Rodriguez a whole bunch. I found out about him a couple years ago. I'm like, ooh, I, I want to know more about this guy, and he seems wonderful. Uh, they traded for Jared Kalanick in that Edwin uh, Diaz deal, and everybody's you know, super all over him. So their outfield is going to be ridiculous here probably next year, if, or maybe the year after, maybe halfway through next year. Let's, let's just call that one the middle. And uh, yeah, Mariners, are they're going to be coming. They get some bullpen arms. Watch out. At this point, if you're like the Angels or the Rangers, is your window closing because Seattle's going to be coming... The Astros still got a nice little farm system. The A's are on top right now, but maybe they'll fall in, you know, a few years. I, I don't know when the, the window is going to be open for like the angels and Rangers at this point, And that is not a fun thought. If you think about it. Um, yes, when it was, we're going to stay in Texas and the trouble that started in Arlington has spread to Houston. Maybe they should start wearing masks. Uh, Houston visited slam Diego over the weekend ended up ended up leaving with three more losses to add to their record. Uh, Friday starter Lance McCullers for the Astros still hasn't gotten it really going in his first season back from Tommy John. He went five innings, gave up seven hits, allowed four runs, two walks, and he struck out two on Friday. His ERA is now 5.74. And uh, aside from Granke, McCullers was supposed to be the guy that they were relying on when Justin Verlander went down. They didn't have a lot of established arms, and they were like, hey, this guy, he just got back from Tommy John, throw him out there, and maybe he can carry us. Uh, he's not able to carry them and it's not really his fault. I don't think I kind of, I will say this when they faced the Royals in the ALDS, I believe uh, in 2015 and McCullers did his throat slash. I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And uh, he seems like he might be a little bit, uh, aggro for me now, but I liked it at the time. So I'm like, eh, maybe we'll see. But, uh, so I, I feel bad for him that he's having to go out there and try and carry a team right now, even though he's still recovering from Tommy John surgery. Anyways, um, it usually takes a couple of years before they're like back to really feeling normal. It takes like a year to recover to get onto the mound and then a year on the mound to start feeling like your regular self. So maybe next year he's going to be doing it. I don't know. Uh, Padres took the first game 4-3. And I'm just giving you the score for Friday because Saturday was the fun game of the series that everybody that likes baseball outside of Houston really, really enjoyed. And uh, that's just because the Padres kept hitting dingers. They're slam Diego. We know this. Come on. Um, the Astros scratched one run across in the first inning, and then leadoff man for San Diego in the bottom of the first, Trent Grisham, who is best known for his misplay in the outfield that cost the Milwaukee Brewers their wild card berth last year, and then they got traded to San Diego. Well, he hit a dinger and uh, tied up the game real quick on the second pitch that he saw from Brandon Bielak. and uh, that, that uh, started off the bottom of the first, and Trent Grisham did not stop there. We'll get into it here in a second, but uh, Manny Machado also took Brandon Belak deep before the inning was over, making it 2-1. to one. The score remained 2-1, to one going into the bottom of the second. When Will Myers hit a home run, he's doing okay again, so that's weird. Then Trent Grisham hit another bomb, so a second in as many innings, and the Padres had four home runs in the first inning and a third. The next batter was Fernando Tatis Jr., and you know what he did... He got hit in the leg with an 85-mile-an-hour changeup. So uh, both benchers were warned. They didn't come out onto the field or anything. The, the coaches started yelling and whatnot, and uh, the umpires conferred, and were like, hey, should we should we do anything about this? Because, you know, these Astros, they're kind of jerks. And uh, they ended up warning both benches. And then uh, Dusty Baker and uh, Jace Tingler, <laughs> uh, they both came out and were like, hey, well, what's up with that? That seems like uh, some horse crap. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, that happened. And then Dusty Baker just pulled his pitcher anyway, because also, only pitcher that Brendan Bielak has ever hit in his career? Fernando Tatis Jr. that time. So, I mean, maybe giving up four home runs makes somebody want to hit somebody? He hasn't had great command. I'm just saying it. They got to stop doing it at like the wrong time. It was a change up. I don't know. Maybe their whole thing this year is we'll just hit guys with like sliders and then we'll never get caught. It seems just a little too fishy for it to happen this often. That's all I'm going to say. Um Anyways, the guy that they brought in after BLAC was Umberto Castellanos, and that's the guy that hit Ramon Laureano twice just a couple of weeks ago. That kind of led to, you know, Ramon Laureano getting suspended and some other stuff. So uh, if you remember that whole deal, uh, he's the guy that started that, so he got brought in. And during the pitching change, uh, Astros catcher Martin Maldonado, who wasn't even playing, got tossed. There's no video of this. I watched the highlights, and I just thought that that was ridiculous. Also, Martin Maldonado... After the suspensions got handed down, he was complaining on Twitter that his hitting coach got suspended and he just did like the roly eye emoji where he's like this. And uh, I, he, so he seems lovely. I, he got thrown from a game he wasn't even in and he wasn't being adorable about it like Steven Strasburg when he was chirping at balls and strikes. He's like, no, we keep hating people and <laughs> get out of here. Anyways, back to the game. Uh, Castellanos, uh, once he got into the game, he went single, single, line out, single, grand slam. Thank you, Jake Cronenworth. You're my new hero. Uh, You you, you hate to see that. I mean, you really do. Trent Grisham, he added a third home run to his tally in the seventh, completing a four for five day with six RBI, four runs scored, and three dingers. I love to see that for him because of what had to be a really terrible experience in Milwaukee to end his time in Milwaukee. And uh, probably led to his trade to San Diego. So all things considered, he might actually take it. You know, I'll misplay this ball and then I get to play for this exciting team. That sounds like a great trade-off. Um. Anyways, Padres won that one 13-2. In the finale, Adrian the Padres' seventh-ranked prospect, he started his second career big league game and gave up three earned runs in the first inning, including a two-run homer from... Uh, former Astros prospect I don't know if he's still a prospect anymore uh, Kyle Tucker he had a two-run homer he's been really hot too I'll have to do some uh, some deep diving on him before we uh, we got to face the Astros so the Padres started up with three of their own in the fourth inning and the game remained tight at 3 until the bottom of the 8th when Fernando Tatís Jr. led off with a single and then right behind him, Manny Machado went yard for the eighth time this season, giving the Padres a 5-3 lead, and they would win by that score. And, uh, you know, they, they ended up sweeping the Astros, so very happy about that. As for the standings in the AL West, the A's are 29 first place. Behind them, you got the Astros at 15-13 and 13 after getting swept by San Diego. They are four and a half games back of the A's. Texas, after getting swept by the Mariners, are 10 and 17, nine games back of the A's. The Mariners, after sweeping Texas, are 11 and 19, nine and a half games back. They're almost in third place, you guys. And they're not that good. Oh, man, this division's terrible. And then, uh, Below everybody, you got the Los Angeles Angels. They're 9-20, and 20, and they're 11 games back. They're competing for the worst record in baseball, and that is not something you want to say about a Mike Trout team because he will come after you. It, it's just confounding, honestly. I mean, we've seen David Fletcher. He's an MVP candidate when he plays the A's. You got Mike Trout, who's actually an MVP candidate when he faces anybody. Shohei Otani's been kind of, you know, eh. But, you know, he's still a really good player. Anthony Rendon's been on fire. That's like half a lineup. How are they this bad? I don't understand. So, uh, actually, uh, I might invite the new Locked On Angels host. Uh, Taylor Blake Ward, retired from being 30 or whatever. So, uh, he's taking some time away. So, uh, we have a new host. Maybe I'll bring him on. I haven't talked to him yet. So, maybe I'll ask him, you know, what the hell's up with the Angels? Because this is Sad, I guess, is the word. Um, anyways, uh, getting into the rest of the week, you got the A's going to Texas to face the Rangers for four. You got Seattle going to San Diego. That should be fun. And then you got the Angels going to Houston. Hopefully they can scratch out a win or two. That would be very helpful for the A's and their chances because the A's travel to houston for the weekend series so that'll be a lot of fun uh that's it for me today you guys stay indoors celebrate good times keep wearing those masks uh, get out of the smoke because it is not great out there and uh, i'll talk to you guys tomorrow